What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fitness Oracle. Uh, just a little bit of an intro before we get into the real episode. We have a very special guest today coming on uh, by the name of Mira Katyal, who is an Ayurvedic doctor uh, straight from India. Uh, she is, her life didn't really start off being an Ayurvedic doctor. It actually started off with her obtaining an MBA and working in marketing and customer service. But something inside of her was telling her that this wasn't her life's work. So, uh, because it just, she wasn't being fulfilled. Now, this is just another example of another person who has taken a plunge and pulling herself away from what everybody else was trying to tell her to do and listening to herself. Now, uh, we get into a lot of topics with uh, Mira and it was, it was, it was great. It lasted for an, almost an hour and a half uh, I had a lot of questions because I'm not that familiar myself with Ayurveda uh, or yoga for that matter. But we did talk about Ayurveda. We talked about the art of calm. We talked about mother nature as a de-stress guru, which was real interesting. And we actually tied that in with what we're experiencing today. Uh, yoga as actual therapy and emotion and her emotional de-stress lifestyle therapy. Now, again, this is this was a very interesting conversation that I had a, with that I had with a very uh, intriguing guest. Uh, I definitely would go on to bring her on again because we I still have so much more questions. Um, my questions were more or less more or less like real general, just you know, just to get a better understanding of what Ayurveda is and, you know, how it came about and this and that. Um, I hope you enjoy the show, but before I, before we do start off with the show, I do want to offer you guys a free call with me for the 12 week fat sizzler, which starts in just a couple of weeks. So all you got to do is just hit the link below in the show notes schedule your your free call with me and let's let's get together and let's have a honest honest conversation so that you and I can figure out how we can help you get rid of that covid weight that 20 20 30 pounds that you may have put on over the past 18 months the time of this recording so just hit it up you got nothing to lose it's totally free and we can have an honest one-on-one -on -one discussion just to figure out a solution for you, just to get started. Oh, and as always, don't forget to, if you enjoy what we're doing with uh, the Fitness Oracle, please hit the subscribe button. Uh, hit the bell if to be notified when we release a new episode. Uh, we are looking into doing a little bit more with the fitness Oracle. So you want to be notified when we're doing, when, when we really start to turn the taps on it. And as usual, this show is about trying to help other people with mental health issues that are uh, specifically depression, 
So if you know anybody who's suffering from depression or any form of mental health issues, please, 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 please share this episode with them as they may find their path to better health. With that, again, I really hope you enjoy this show and I'll see you guys on the next one. Ayurveda is main purpose is only to heal mankind. So Ayurveda is fully designed to heal the body, the mind, the emotions, and even to take you to a higher realm of spirituality. So it is has all the elements in it. I wasn't always like this. I was very um, non-holistic at one point of life and doing every just what everybody did. But I found more satisfaction in this uh, explanations. And also when I use it on my body, I my body feels better. My mind also feels better. So I think there's a huge truth in this philosophy, Sankhya philosophy, based on the five elements. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. All I have to do is understand it and follow it. Because the cycles know how to heal themselves. The five element cycles know how to behave themselves. Yeah, unless you poke them. So if you remember when the COVID hit and in April, we were all locked down. In 15, 20 days, people saw animals come out. The fishes felt better in the sea. People were noticing that. They saw animals they hadn't seen in years. In 20 days, nature regenerated itself just when mankind slowed down. That that shows you the power of nature. So if you if we slow down for 20 days, imagine the regeneration inside us ever going to come. It's just daily life you're living. Whatever your life is today will be the same tomorrow, maybe a little better or plus minus. What When you're saying you're going for stress, uh, success, and you're going to be arrive somewhere, where do you think you're going to arrive? There is no arrival. It's only just addition and minus. It's how you're feeling today and how you feel today, every day. After you finish your day, how do you feel at home? Do you feel restless? Do you feel unfulfilled? Do you feel you haven't done enough? Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people, just like you, with real stories, just like yours. And this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsapos, and my guest today is Mira Katyal from Mira Om. She is a f- she comes from a family of four doctors of Western medicine. However, only when she rediscovered the ancient wisdom of her heritage, echoed in time, and again through the wise and intuitive, did she start her own personal journey towards health and happiness. Narrowly, after narrowly avoiding becoming a doctor herself, she she gently encouraged and was gently encouraged by her father. Mira went ahead and studied psychology instead. She obtained her MBA and worked for two decades in marketing and customer service, but the work never pulled 
her heart her on her heartstrings after her own journey into alternative healing did she think that this is her calling since then she has launched her own company mira ohm offering education offering education and consulting on healing mira welcome mm -hmm. to the show thank you for having me john so how is london ontario i haven't been there in a while it's really hot today <laughs> but it's very very nice city it's uh, it's not too big and it's not too small it's not too near gta and it's not too far away so it's kind of a perfect medium yeah it's about two hours away from where i am yes, um, yes. <clears throat> i actually have a cousin who lives there right he told me about that yeah <laughs> you should come over <laughs> Yeah, now that everything is opening up, we can enjoy the patios again, at mm -hmm. least, which mm -hmm. nice weather will help. Uh, there's a couple, there's uh, something that I wanted to talk to you about specifically. Um, you had said somewhere where it's like, you, we have this ability to realign ourselves back to true health and happiness just by our own human intellect and collective endeavors. What do you mean by that? So Ayurveda and Vedas and the yoga theory are based on the five elements. And the five elements are composing everything in the universe. It's uh, the rocks and the stars and the earth and water, also our body, also our mind and also our emotions. So. It's more famous in the Chinese medicine, the cycle of uh, the five element cycle. So there's an imbalance cycle and there's a balance cycle. So when the balance cycle is operating, everything just feeds into a, each other like a balance cycle. And when it's an imbalance cycle, then uh, something is uh, not in order and it aggravates the situation. And this is what happens to any system which is becoming ill or dysfunctional. Uh, it could be the planet, it could be our body, it could be our mind. So what has happened is that uh, it's a kind of a abuse, misuse, ignorance, which allows us to stray away from balance. So it's only in this zone that you can stay balanced uh, and healthy and happy. So if you move out of the zone, it's, uh, it's going to affect you uh, negatively one way or the other. So it's good to know, Ayurvedically speaking, that there is a sure shot balance zone. So if anybody wants to come back, it makes it easier for them just by understanding the five elements and how they operate and how to maintain the uh, balance, this, uh, the, the elemental cycle in balance. So if you are aware of this knowledge and the practices and the tools, then it's it's less of a struggle to maintain health. We're going to get into Ayurveda. Uh, sorry, I can't pronounce that. Ayurveda. Ayurve Ayurveda. Uh, Ayur means uh, life or age or longevity. <laughs> and Veda is knowledge. Okay, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But uh, you also actually mentioned something else uh, that something about like understanding nature that's surrounding us that has actually birthed everything. Um, you want to elaborate a little bit more on that because that I find that quite interesting. Okay. Yeah. So this is, uh, I'm getting into the Sankhya philosophy, which on which Hinduism is based. So um, 
the whole universe was manifest by a, un, a, a divine source, which is not, uh, you, it, you cannot access this divine force because the divine force is unmanifest, but it has created the universe, which is manifest. Manifest means it's tangible. You can experience the universe. And there, there are five elements which were created to, to create the universe. First, there was the Big Bang, then the sound, and then the, this, there was waves. These waves created friction, which created fire. They, the universe was a very hot place, then it started cooling down. And then um, the water element came when it's cooler, when the fire cools down, the water element is created. And when the water liquid uh, solidifies, then the earth element is created. So that is the actual physical composition of the universe. But the thing is, even after it is composed, the elements are still operating in, every, from, in real time, 24 seven. And <clears throat> right now uh, there is uh, fires and it's very hot uh, in the West of Canada, 75 fires, because the fire element is very strong now. So we're in it, the West of Canada is in imbalance. So we have excessive heat. So that's what I meant that if we want to respect nature and we want to respect our body or respect our mind, we have to understand the five elements and we have to follow their order. Not, we shouldn't do what we want. We should follow the wisdom of the five elements and they should dictate our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. As a individual person, and as a collective society. What got you into this? I don't know, because I think I was always uh, curious intellectually from my childhood. But it's a lot of uh, curiosity and a lot of uh, looking for answers. Um, if someone just gives me an answer, I tend to cross-examine it, whether it's science or religion. I tend to look into it deeper and only when I'm satisfied with the answer do I adopt it deeply and fully into my own life. I wasn't always like this. I was very um, non-holistic at one point of life and doing every just what everybody did. But I found more satisfaction in this uh, explanations. And also when I use it on my body, I my body feels better. My mind also feels better. So I think there's a huge truth in this philosophy, Sankhya philosophy, based on the five elements. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. All I have to do is understand it and follow it. Interesting. So it's not like, because like, like, the reason why I ask is because you could have had such a lucrative job as a physician, especially in Canada. Mm. I would and, have failed myself. Yeah. And you kind of just pulled yourself out of that and just put yourself into something else. One, that's like the scariest thing a human being can do. So that's why I asked, well, like, why would why you? Why is it scary? I think it's mostly because of people having this concept of moving from something that is safe to something that is unsafe for themselves, mm. unstable. Like going into business for yourself on your, on your own is it's it's a hard thing and you're taking a huge risk. And it you is hard, this... and that's why it took me so long because I was always trying to play safe 
that's why I was doing that job. But uh, obviously, I wasn't moving anywhere. I was just, um, what do I say? Um, you jog on the same spot. <laughs> that's what I was doing. And now, even though it's, you, if you see in the worldly point of view of success, I'm not successful in my business or anything. It's just a new business. But I am very happy inside. And I feel very, very fulfilled. And just knowing this knowledge and practicing it, and anyone who who uh, uses the advice for their issues and they tell me that they feel better, I that to me is so so completing. I feel come whole when someone says, "Yeah, this worked for me. This helped me. I slept better. My stomach feels better. My emotions are better. I I'm feeling happier." Oh, hopefully, it will grow, but. Um, even without the growth, I'm happy. <laughs> That's growth right there. I mean, when you can start to feel happy about yourself and who you are and what you're doing, what you're putting out into the world. I mean, that's growth right there. Um, and I do want to acknowledge that just because my husband is doing well, it gives me the luxury of taking chances. So if I had to survive on my own, it would be much harder. Oh, yeah. That's a very big help. <laughs> now, Ayurveda is uh, one of the, I could easily say, one of the two most ancient forms of medicine that's out there. Uh, Correct. What exactly is it? And how does it apply to like modern day? Yeah, so it is one of the oldest medicines. I do not know of any other system older than Ayurveda, at least um, scriptures or anything that have been written down. I mean, wherever there was plants, people naturally found some uses for it and natives and tribes, but um, to organize it properly in a theory and to have proper books on it, that was the first time I think done by Ayurveda if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Ayurveda was born out of, they were like uh, monks or rishis who used to meditate and live with nature. They would, they sourced this knowledge a lot through spiritual practices. So the birth of Ayurveda is through a spiritual process and its highest aim is to connect with God. And they understood that if man is sick and unhappy, has diseases, they don't have time for God or, God, or practices that take you closer to God. So the, the aim of Ayurveda was to make the body and mind so healthy that you would spend more time you know, trying to reach God. Um, okay. Uh, it, you... Ayurveda is based off the chakras as well, right? Now, I'm not very familiar with chakras. I have heard people talking about, I've heard people in yoga saying, oh, you got this chakra, you have to unblock it. What does that mean? Yeah, because before the body is made, uh, there is energy. We all know that the universe is composed of energy and matter and that energy and matter are can be converted into each other. So we have energy inside us. In fact, each element has energy inside it. Water has its own energy. Fire has its own energy. Wind has its own energy. As you know, that if, uh, 
if there's a storm, the wind will can knock down your house. It's got that much energy. So this physical matter has energy. That's why it's uh, mobile. So the chakras are just vortexes. So I think the chakras are uh, like a transponder kind of a thing, which uh, communicates between the outer celestial energy and our inner energy. So its main function is to upkeep the spiritual or energetic part of the body. So just as a physical part of the body can get dysfunctional, you can have a uh, infected leg or you can have an infected liver. You can also have a dysfunctional chakra because it comes back to the same theory that if you are in somehow caught up in an imbalanced life uh, cycle, then that chakra is either going to be overactivated or underactivated, and that's why you cannot um, use it properly. So um, supposing you have blood pressure, you have high blood pressure or low blood pressure, that is a dysfunctional um, part of blood pressure, which should be normal so that it can supply your blood properly. I, I mean, keep it in a proper range. So it's just like that. Chakras also get... Uh, imbalanced and when they're imbalanced it has its own consequences something like uh what we've experienced in the last 16 months with uh the lockdowns and everything especially here in ontario uh people have been increased with uh, mental health disorders because of the because of the lockdown some people i'm not saying all some people do you think that some of these people if they uh, they can like release or figure out which what's going on with them that something like ayurveda and like chakra work could actually help ayurveda is main purpose is only to heal mankind so ayurveda is fully designed to heal the body the mind the emotions and even to take you to a higher realm of spirituality. So it is has all the elements in it. So if you've healed your body and you've healed your mind, you can even start becoming a more spiritual person by the practices and techniques inside it. But when you're busy with life, you don't have time to heal. <clears throat> We're all mentally unhappy and disturbed because the 21st century, the 20th century has become too busy. So we are all kind of ill in some ways. But when you're very busy, you don't have time to express the disorders. And now that COVID hit and everybody was stuck at home, they had the time to experience their illnesses. The things that were hidden behind busyness have surfaced. So um, they felt more stress they experienced it more acutely. Just like if you sit in a silent room and there's a tiny noise, you can hear it. But if you're going to a bar, you can't hear that tiny noise. But it was always there inside. You just never heard it or observed it because you were busy all day, going to the office, talking on the computer, coming back home, blah, blah, blah. Now you're at home. You have lots of time. So people were collectively experiencing the surfacing of the stress. And number two, because we are so busy, because before, say, two, two, 300 years ago, people would have a more relaxed lifestyle because there was no fast cars or internet. So by sundown, there was, uh, you just went to your home, there was no electricity. Uh, you went to bed at seven, eight o'clock. So what, how can you disturb your mind if you're sleeping? 
But now people don't sleep. Mostly they don't sleep till midnight or even later. And they just, most of the people, 50 to 60% people don't sleep properly. So that's a huge source of mental nourishment, proper sleep, proper unbroken sleep. So the busyness of life has also created mental problems. And that also is explained by Ayurveda because when you use the mind too much, it's the air and space element and the air and space elements create more mental diseases. In imbalance, I mean to say. If it's imbalanced, it's more, it makes you creative. But if it's imbalanced, it creates a lot of mental and nervous disorders. So something like, well, we just experienced last with COVID and everything. Um, you actually triggered a question inside of me that I wanted to, I was curious about because I was, I was it last year. I watched a podcast episode from on London Real, Sadhu Guru. And he was like, he, basically he was saying that this is kind of uh, like a, like a, like a little bit of a reset for ourselves and we should treat it as a reset and that the earth itself can heal whatever is here yeah that's true because the cycles know how to heal themselves the five element cycles know how to behave themselves unless you poke them so if you remember when the covid hit and in april we were all locked down in 15 20 days people saw animals come out the fishes felt better in the sea. People were noticing that. They saw animals they hadn't seen in years. In 20 days, nature regenerated itself just when mankind slowed down. That, that shows you the power of nature. So if, you, if we slowed down for 20 days, imagine the regeneration inside us. See, we don't have to do anything. We just have to allow the healing cycle to heal itself. All we have to do is disturb the healing cycle for sickness. Mm-hmm. The whole universe is in imbalance. Nobody's running it except themselves. Interesting. Interesting. Is does this where the art of calm come in? Yeah, the art of calm is simply to follow the wisdom of the five element cycles and to respect them and adhere to their principles, and you'll automatically go back to calm because universe is calm. There's no disorder except here on earth disorder is the human element yes i like to say because we are thinking beings so we can disturb nature nobody else is allowed this privilege not the plants not the animals they all go with the flow they all adhere to nature they know when to mate they when know to uh, it's time for food time to sleep time to hibernate it's all dictated by nature and they completely obey it it's only humans who have the privilege to not obey nature. But on, the privilege comes with the downside that you have to face your consequences. We, we created this and we will suffer it. We are suffering from it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you keep talking about the, the balance of the balance of the five elements. Because I did study a little bit of traditional Chinese medicine. Right. Uh, is it similar to that where you yes. can drop energy from, let's say, the, 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 the metal meridian to feed another meridian? Or 
if one meridian is too powerful, you just draw energy and feed it to the next meridian? Yeah, so um, a lot of the acupuncture is based on blockages of energy in the meridians. So what they are doing is um, putting pressure or pins to release it. I think uh, even Qigong or something, they do talk. <clears throat> the basic thing is they have these concepts of flow of energy, balanced flow of energy, imbalanced flow of energy and blockages. So um, Ayurveda and the Chinese medicine share these concepts. But Ayurveda deals it in a slightly different way and the Chinese medicine deals in, with it in the same, in a different way. But we are trying to restore the flow both the systems are trying to restore the natural flow through whatever means, uh, movement, herbs, or heat, or cold, or lifestyle, whatever, or needles. But the idea is if you restore the flow, then the body is just a natural healing place, a healed place. It's a natural, that's how it originally was. And you guys also, uh, you guys also use the herbs because I know in ch traditional Chinese medicine they also use foods and taste. Yes, taste is a very big thing in Ayurveda. There are three pillars on which Ayurveda is based. The first pillar is diet and the stomach, which is actually nourishing the physical body. The second pillar is sleep, which is actually nourishing the mental and emotional body. And the third pillar is called brahmacharya, which is something like uh, restraint and also um, discipline. And that is the root to God, the third pillar. So you fix the first pillar, the second pillar. And then when you get onto the third pillar, the culmination of the third pillar is your... Um, union with God, which is called yoga. Yoga means union. So you combine, you, you go back to God and you don't feel separated. And when you go back to God, you don't do anything imbalanced because now you're part of God. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true in so many different ways. It's so true. Um, well, coming from a Greek Orthodox background, it's, it's, um, it, it just sounds like a lot of we talk about a lot of same stuff we just use different terms which exactly is, yes it's the same uh, old wine in different bottles yes <laughs> wine is wine right right knowledge is knowledge yes knowledge is knowledge uh going back to the art of calm i want to talk a little bit more about that um when you're talking about the art of calm it's like what you just said is the, the balance of now, is it the balance of the movement between one chakra to the other, or is it the balance of like, from like one yoga, does, does, does yoga come into play with this? Yes. yes. So what happens is uh, when they're, when you're imbalanced, it express, it shows up in your body and it shows up in your mind and it shows up in your emotion. So like in your body, if you're imbalanced, you will have just, digestive disorders like uh, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, acid reflux, burning sensation. These are all showing that your digestive system is not normal now. So um, we're, we have to bring balance there. So that's one, if you, how can you be calm if your body is disturbed? 
that that's the body is carrying the mind and the emotion so body is the carrier so a defective carrier will disturb the mind and body so the first part is to fix the body the second part is you what is disturbed mind is anger agitation restlessness depression uh, anxiety fear these are all imbalanced emotions if you are not feeling these emotions you will feel nothing you will feel neutral you will feel calm so the absence of these emotions means you are calm and why are you agitated again it's an imbalanced story so again you go into the mind and mind and emotion story and there are things like you're not sleep the first thing which, which happens if you have disturbed mind and emotions is that your sleep will be disturbed the more chronic your disturbance and the deeper your disturbance like for example soldiers who come back from war and they have ptsd they have extreme problem sleeping so not sleeping properly is showing up in the body as a imbalance so when you physically restore these things half of the problem will go away where you create a good base for being calm so when you have restored the emotion and mind and you've restored your digestive system the disturbances that are everyday irritating the person will be removed and uh, i mean rejuvenated or restored and once you have both these sections in order now you're more free to be spiritually um attuned or you don't wish to be that's also okay but at least you're not angry or agitated or second guessing yourself or saying should i do this should i do? you should be okay with who you are and you don't need anyone else's validation when you reach that state where you don't need validation from outside and you are perfectly happy with who you are that is peace of mind if someone tells me oh um you have beautiful green hair i won't believe them because i know i have black hair so you have to reach that level of belief or whatever anybody says to you doesn't matter because you know who you are and you can only do that when it's true it's a truth to you it has to be true to you from every the bottom of your heart that this is who you are and then you don't want to change yourself if you don't want to change yourself you you're calm and peaceful see why do we fight with other people because we are trying to make them like do something for us you you do this and then i will be happy or you go up or you go down but if i am calm i don't want to change anybody because i am okay who are with who i am so that's calmness i don't want to change my husband i don't want to change my neighbor I don't want to change the minority. I don't want to change the refugees because it doesn't matter to me anymore who they are because I'm okay who with who I am. Right. right, so true, so true. You actually talked about body in imbalance. Now, this is something that I actually do used to do because uh, post or pre pre pandemic. Where I used to, uh, I used to do post rehab, and uh, I used to find the imbalances, the physical imbalances. So post rehab after the surgery or something? Well, after they finished with their physiotherapist, they would come to me. I would, uh, we would find what muscles have been turned exactly. off, turn them back on, and then get them back into the gym. 
on the gym floor and getting them to to whatever they want. How do you turn the muscle on? Through muscle testing and uh, specific. Uh, it's not the actual physical muscle. Um, it's the group of muscles that are supporting that muscle. So let's say a, a hip flexor is out of whack, doesn't understand when to fire. Mm. The supporting the supporting musculature around that hip flexor is going to start to fire Tighten. a little bit more. So okay, just to give uh, that overcompensate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, what my my question is: How would you find uh, muscular? Well, imbalances inside the body. I know I okay. can I can I can look at a person. I can say, okay, that shoulder's up high, like mm -hmm. that. That shoulder's mm -hmm. down. So how would you go about finding like those kinds of Im Im imbalances? Yeah. So at uh, my level, I would uh, first, because the gateway to the body is through the stomach. So if the gateway is not okay, the front door, then everything inside is also not going to be okay. So we start with the front door, the stomach. But if you go into advanced uh, Ayurveda, they do work on the body and the muscles. They do panchkarma where they oil your body for one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. They detox you with various oils. They muscle, massage your muscles. What they're doing is they're trying to coax the toxins out of your body by all those um, heavy duty massages. And they have uh, special strokes and herbs and, and paste and oils and everything, medical oils. And they do that and they even give you cleansing drinks. So it's working inside and outside. So after two, three weeks, the body starts flushing out things that it doesn't need because the tightness is caused by toxins which have not been ejected from the body or excessive uh, movement where your muscles have become too tight or you're not doing enough and your boss muscles are too loose. Well, there's a happy medium, which you, which everybody should be living in, which they don't. So then they're trying to reverse the problem. And after that, they, after they flushed out all this physically by working on you, then they give you another regime, which is called, uh, you know, it's called tonification where they now start rejuvenating you with nourishing stuff so that whatever was released is now replaced with. It's called ojas. Is, ojas is the biggest uh, essence created in our body, which uh, creates happiness and Im immunity within us. So they're trying to recreate that inside the body. But it's a very long process. If you want to do it really properly, it takes about three to six weeks to get your body in order. It's not a very long time. It's not a long time considering all the abuses we subject to it, but usually people don't have six weeks. But if you really want to restore your body, this is a real, really good shortcut to get your body back in order. I mean, even if you're not ill, I would say that every person who does panchkarma every once in two, three years will postpone their diseases by 10, a decade, like something that's going to happen to you. I don't know if you've noticed, but the pair, the diseases your parents get, you're getting it a, a decade earlier. And my and your generation below is getting it two decades earlier. So the problems my mom has, 
I'm starting about 10, 15 years earlier than her. I really hope that doesn't happen. because <laughs> It is happening because we are not eating the foods provided by nature. We are eating more processed foods so, and yeah. shortcuts. And that is not what the body wants. How can we get away from the shortcuts? Because I have a really big problem with the shortcuts as well. See, even I have a problem cooking, but I have so simplified it. You can just know what are the, say, 10 best things that will truly nourish your body and create five, six very simple, easy recipes. And if you 70 to 80 percent or 90 percent eat this food, it will really support your body even this even in this new jet age. And you sometimes splurge, which is fine. But if you really keep these as your staples, I think you will you will be taking a chunk out of the imbalance, a huge chunk. Yeah, uh, I'll give I'll give you an example. Chicken. Okay. Chicken. Chicken, chicken is a staple for around the world. Everybody's got right. some form right. of chicken dish, but chicken here in North America doesn't taste like chicken because it's not chicken. Because chickens are also fed processed food. Normal chickens don't eat things provided in the factory. They eat things in the nature. And those chickens taste nice. Yes, they do. That I know because my grandmother back home had a coop of chickens and the rooster pecked her once. That was so the you'll last... always notice. Yeah, yeah so... that was the last mistake that rooster made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the rooster was eaten? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's tasty. <laughs> Very tasty. Well, I'm sure you will never be able to replicate that rooster because it lived so happily over there in the coop with free air and water. So the rooster's happiness converts into a better taste, you know. So Up until it pecked my grandmother in the ankle. <laughs> oh, okay. That was the rooster's revenge. <laughs> yeah, so you're talking about chicken. In Ayurveda, they like, they are actually vegetarian, they promote vegetarianism. And the most critical foods in Ayurveda are ojas building foods. So ojas is a form of immunity. It, it takes about 30 to 40 days from the bite you take for that bite to be converted eventually into ojas material, which is circulating in your body. And those foods are very, there are six tastes in Ayurveda. So there are sweet, salty, uh, pungent, bitter, astringent, and uh, there's one more, forget. So, yeah. So the sweet and earth, earth taste are supposed to be the most nourishing to the body. So sweet doesn't mean sugar. It means grains and legumes or even meat is also um, earth, earth element, but uh, grains and legumes. So one of the foods called khichri, it's uh, called the food for the gods and it's now been declared the national dish of India. It's a very simple gruel of uh, moong dal and rice. Any sick baby person, old person, sick person can easily digest this and this is there are, there are monks who simply live off on this food. 
So this, they say, is the quickest and most nourishing food. And it's also very cost effective. Except it's a little bland. So might not be so exciting for the taste buds. <laughs> but if you were talking about chicken being the staple of the world and you wanted something more nourishing and cheaper, then this is it. Well, surprisingly, Greek Orthodox are supposed to be vegans as well. Not a lot of people know that, but we are. Yeah, veganism from from old times. By we're talking about like from the Judeo-Christian Bible, like Adam and Eve were vegans. Really? Yeah, they were not supposed to be eating meat. They were to tend the, to the flocks. I think that originally the religions knew this, but somehow we just lost that knowledge. But it is true that vegetarian food is very, it's, it's, it gives you longevity. Just for the record, I am not vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I understand why we eat meats and the for protein synthesis and for the sliding filament theory plus the essential uh, amino acids that are essential for mm. brain chemistry and everything and the neurological aspects of all the mm. great stuff that meats provide us mm -hmm. i'm just saying that the majority of our diets we do need a balance yes this is the ayurvedic answer that if you have uh if you have this kichri, this gruel of mung dal rice, and you add veggies, so that would make it even more nourishing, ghee. And also they had dairy. They were not vegans, Indians, they were vegetarians. So they did have a lot of milk and yogurt, which again is a protein and calcium source. So between the dal and the milk, a lot of calcium and protein needs were already covered. And if you put all the vegetables, you get all the vitamins and minerals. So, I mean, we have been vegetarians for centuries and we've survived as a culture. So um, you, it's, not, it's the most vegetarian country on earth. So without meat, they have survived for centuries. And uh, according to Ayurveda, this is the most nourishing. Uh, easiest, quickest, cheapest, um, nourishing meal. You touched up on something uh, with the ancient worlds. They had balance. They, they had, had balance. balance between nature, themselves, uh, the gods. Do you find that right now that we're on, well, easy question. Do you find right now that we are unbalanced? Yeah, we are imbalanced. There's no question about it. That's why we're all <laughs> mentally stressed. And uh, we all have, I think, eight to seven people have met digestive orders in a population. And if you would ask, uh, take a statistical analysis, one out of two for sure will say they're stressed. So this, these both things, according to Ayurveda, are a sign of imbalance. Stress, mental stress, and digestive order, a sign of imbalance. So if you were to use stress in, a, in the proper way, when you want to do a job, you would go and do it like you want to fight a battle, you would fight it or hunt and come back. That's a stressful situation. But when you come back, you would be relaxed after that. So you, you should be able to go like this and then come down. 
but permanent chronic stress is you go up and you're stuck there. You're not coming down. That's the definition of stress. You're not able to exit the stressful situation and relax and rejuvenate. Somebody so do we that. are imbalanced. Sorry, sorry. Mm -hmm. My mistake. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so I was at the end, I was just saying, yes, it is the way our society is now because of all the science and technology and the fastness and the emphasis on working and excessive success in careers, we cannot relax. We don't even have time to relax. Nobody can relax. Everybody now in COVID, they must have some time to relax. But everybody was like working 40 to 60 hour jobs or two jobs. And the mothers are also working and looking after the children and doing university. So where, how can anybody relax? Nobody's relaxed. Even the babies are not relaxed. Even though they're doing nothing, they're stressed because their parents are stressed. So the babies are stressed. But if you see some old films, you'll see the... African mothers going into the uh, farm with the babies tied up and they're singing and they're also uh, sewing the, they're, they're working in the field. They don't look stressed. They're singing, they're having a good time. The babies are swinging on their backs or they're hanging under a tree. Then they come home with their stuff and they cook. They're, see, that's another level of stress. It's, it's a physical stress, not a mental stress. Well, I was, was going to ask because um, we've been so accustomed here, especially in the West, that, you know, you know, keep pushing for success, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, and don't stop until you get there. When you get there, keep pushing. And now with the COVID stuff, it's there's another level of stress, of uncertainty of, I don't know what's going to come tomorrow, never mind five years from now. How does somebody well, deal with something like that? Well, nothing is ever going to come. It's just daily life you're living. Whatever your life is today will be the same tomorrow, maybe a little better or plus minus. What, when you're saying you're going for stress, uh, success, and you're going to be arrive somewhere, where do you think you're going to arrive? There is no arrival. It's only just addition and minus. It's how you're feeling today and how you feel today, every day. After you finish your day, how do you feel at home? Do you feel restless? Do you feel unfulfilled? Do you feel you haven't done enough? Are you um, attacked by your own thoughts and emotions? That means you are distressed or stressed. All you have to do is correct your lifestyle, slow down, and enjoy your work, come back home and relax, and then go again, enjoy your work. See, like a farmer, we should be all farmers. What is the farmer going to achieve? Nothing. He's just going to get another bag of crops. That's all. So he just enjoys working the day, comes back home, relaxes home, then goes again next day because the, again, the field needs him. And then he comes back. There is nothing to achieve. Your daily life is your achievement. Can't that be like self-limiting in some ways? Why? What? If you Does... need to get married, you get married. It comes to you. Like, do you think we need 
a child has to know to be a teenager, you become a teenager just by yourself. And then you become an adult. When you become an adult, you've taken on more responsibilities. Your desires kind of direct you where you wish to be. Like um, you want to paint, you learn painting. So that's a, it's a, it's something which comes from within. You take up that opportunity and you flower with it. This is not limiting. It's just that you're not thinking too much about the future or trying to be somewhere. It's actually called trying to be present in the moment. What does being present in the moment means? It's that whatever you need is inside you right now. You listen to your body, you listen to your mind, you listen to your desires and you treat them in that time, chunk of time. And then you go, it's like a ball. It ball needs to rest when it's not moving. So we need to come back to a state of rest. You go and come back. But we always going, going, you're not coming back to a state of rest, mentally, physically, emotionally. Do you think that Mother Nature has a tendency of seeing this and forcing that rest on us? Yes, I feel that. <laughs> Because Mother Nature is always trying to come back into balance. So that's her, that's the way she's designed. So either we become into balance or we become diseased and self-destruct. So they're only, so in Ayurveda, there are three gunas. I'll explain to you. So there are three states of being. So they're called rajasic, tamasic, and sattvic. So rajasic is outward and it's exciting. It's, it's like motion. So that um, it, it, it creates passion with you. So if you don't, if you don't have any passion within you, you won't do anything, you won't get up, you won't be ambitious, you won't want to go and experience the world. The other is tamasic. Tamasic is heavy inward. And it's the body the earth elements, the matter is actually more tamasic, but it's also constricting. So if you compact earth, it will go thicker and thicker. So it's like that, but they're opposing forces. So they balance each other. Rajasic and tamasic are interacting, but they both create uh, imbalance and diseases at the end of the day. So if you're too much rajasic or you're too much tamasic, the end point is the same, that it, it ends up in imbalance and disorder and disease. In between these two is Satvik Guna, which is balance. Its name also is balance and it's light and it creates happiness. It's, it's uh, designed through restraint. So if you are excessively tamasic or rajasic, you cannot be Satvik. So it's in the Satvik plane that balance exists. It doesn't disturb the body or the mind. It, you feel happy there. So there are sattvic recipes, there's sattvic food, there's sattvic uh, habits. So we are taught that in Ayurveda. So if you practice a sattvic lifestyle, that is the shortest cut to happy, happiness and health. It's not easy to do it. It's very hard. You need a lot of discipline and restraint. But they say, if you stay here in the sattvic zone, Sattvic zone is equal to health and happiness. What's the first step for somebody to get involved with something like that? Because it does sound simple, yet it's very difficult to do. 
it I is a life journey. I haven't done it myself. Uh, I guess we're all doing it in just different ways, right? <laughs> yes. Well, let's put it simply like this, that Ayurveda is the art of correcting imbalance. So what is, you can start from your stomach or body. You can start with your mind or lack of peace or distress or disturbed sleep. Or you can start with both. But because we are composed of the body and mind, these two things have to be brought in balance somehow to restore some sort of calmness within you. For the layman, I'm not talking about advanced spiritual beings who don't, um, who are not bothered about their body discomforts. I, we all get affected by our body disorders, mental disorders. We're not able to transcend it, the average human being. But a very advanced spiritual being, a divine force, divine beings, they are not bothered about their physical ailments and mental ailments. It doesn't disturb them. So we are not there. So for a, if you are wanting to even start the spiritual journey, you have to fix the first and second pillar of your body. And that's where I start. I start with either the sleep disorder or the stomach disorder or both. Interesting. I want to touch up on both of those because those two are very, very interesting. Um, modern research has actually shown that the connection between the health of your gut will dictate the health of your mindset. Right. And vice versa. And vice versa. But also your circadian rhythm will mm -hmm. also dictate on whether or not you're going to have a very, uh, you know, good day or bad day. So I want to get, true. I want to get your thoughts on, uh, on that kind of, on, on that stuff. On the circadian rhythm? On the circadian rhythm and the connection between, because the gut is actually connected directly to the mind through the nervous system. So if you have bacteria that is missing, in your gut, it will directly affect your thought processes. So the circadian rhythm is the rhythm of nature. So there is a rhythm in nature. Nature is always moving in a circle, like the, the solar system moves around the sun, the earth rotates around its axis, the moon comes up in the night and goes, um, It uh, then the sun rises in the morning. There's a rhythm, then the, there's a rhythm to this year, there's seasons, then summer will come, then winter will come. Then. So this is the rhythm. And if you notice, all the animals work with the rhythm. So if it's fall, uh, the squirrels will have uh, filled up their nuts and they will kind of hibernate. Then when spring comes, they come out and then su summer is the time when they do maximum activity. This is the rhythm. Which, you, which scientists call the circadian rhythm, but Ayurveda calls this the rhythm of the five elements. So when the sun is there, daytime, that's the fire element. And the five, the parents of the five elements is water and uh, fire, the sun and the moon. These are the parents. So the fire and uh, moon they have to be in balance, the male and female principle, the fire and water. So when you are listening to your body 
and you're in rhythm. So you start bringing back balance. So you're right. The, everything, there's a rhythm. There's a rhythm to the blood flow. There's a rhythm. You eat three times a day, then you poop. So this is a rhythm. So anybody who's not following the rhythm or the rhythm is disturbed. For example, constipation is a disturbed rhythm. Diarrhea is also a disturbed rhythm. High blood pressure is a disturbed rhythm. Unable to sleep in the night is a disturbed rhythm. So when you have uh, any kind of digestive imbalances like bloating, acid reflux, this is showing that the imbalance has started and your rhythm is getting disturbed. That's why Ayurveda starts through the stomach because that's one of the pillars. And if your pillar, first pillar is disturbed, your rhythms inside the body are getting disturbed. I totally agree with it. Like, um, I can get into the science stuff with the circadian rhythm and the reason why we call it the golden hour, 3 a.m. and everything, but we won't get in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what got you into yoga? Because I've had like some very interesting stories and in why people got into yoga. I want to I wanna get your story. Well, I told you I wasn't very spiritual before and I had no idea about yoga before I was moving from India to Canada and I was trying to prepare myself to come to this country and I asked my friend who had stayed in Canada how can I prepare myself professionally for this country and do better she said oh people love yoga there you should do a yoga course I'm not very athletic or very physical in nature so of all the exercises, I actually like yoga because it's a bit gentle compared to, say, jogging or gym. And I said, okay. I mean, there was a very nice uh, uh, retreat or yoga school I found, a uh, one month for 30 days. But I had no interest in yoga other than to <laughs> maybe professionally set myself up here. At that time, I had no interest. And I also didn't know the power of yoga at that time. So I was actually shocked when I went there. And I learned about Vedas and all the scriptures. And I didn't know yoga was so deep. I thought it was just an exercise. I didn't know it was a philosophy of life. So I was uh, kind of tricked into doing yoga <laughs> by my desire to settle here. And I didn't even do yoga for my career here. I just uh, went into marketing and everything. But when I touched base back with my holistic uh, journey, then I realized yoga is very important to, to restore the rhythms of the body. So yoga, again, tries to restore the rhythms of nature. Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard stories where yoga saved people's lives. They do, of course, of course, it has that power. But then again, all exercise has a tendency because it uh, it stimulates uh, cortisol, uh, cortisol, uh, norepinephrine inside the brain, the feel good, feel good chemicals in your brain. Uh, there are so many different forms of yoga, and you're right. People here in Canada, especially Toronto, they love their yoga. Right. I'm touch and go with it. I used to be very flexible, not anymore. So happens when you don't practice. Exactly. <laughs> um, which yoga practice or form do you per, do you recommend for someone to start off with? See, 
when we go through the theory I've learned of Ayurveda and yoga, they are both sister sciences and they both try to accomplish the same goal in different ways. We have a constitution. There are three constitutions composed of the five elements. So your constitution will show you which way you will get imbalanced quickly. So if you have a more of a pitta constitution, which is uh, composed of fire and water, you will tend to get burnt out, overwork, stress. But for me, someone like me who has a constitution more based on vata, which is more space and air element, is I'm very cognitive and cerebral. So I get depleted very easily. So the yoga for a vata is different from a yoga for a pitta because my disorder is different from a pitta disorder or the kapha disorder. So kapha needs more energetic yoga because they are more heavy and they have a lot of stagnant energy and they need um, a lot of, uh, they need to be like brought up. And so someone like me, I need to be calmed down. So different yoga for different types of constitutions. And also yoga is therapeutic. So if you have a disorder, like a back pain or mental pain or emotional pain, we can recommend yoga exercises for that disorder. So this is where I start from. What is your problem? And what is your constitution? Then from there, we take it. So yoga can be used as a uh, uh, quote unquote prescription to help somebody become. That was the original purpose. I see. I see. And I, 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 I guess it's just trying to move the energy from one chakra to another? Is that what I'm trying to... It's not... The, the chakra is aligned with the spine. See, our spine is our... The, the rod which holds the body. The, it has the nervous system. So nervous system is the highway, right? It connects all the parts. The chakras are also here. So you can un understand that this is a very major, busy highway kind of a place where bone, major arteries, chakra all your um, nervous system. So it, yoga, again, it goes back to rhythm. When a certain part of your body is not okay, like say my, I get a lot of neck pain, it's because I am overusing my neck or misusing my neck and it gets constricted. So then I have to do yoga exercise, which is open and close, open and close, stretch and open, stretch and open. So that stretching and opening movement is the cure. And also with heart and emotions. So when you're angry and you dismiss it, it's constricted and goes down. But when you're angry and you let it out, I mean, not like hitting someone, but just allowing to go out of you. So it's like anger, close, so then it becomes healthy. Now you've let your, they say now when you're, uh, when you're sad, you should cry so that you recover quicker. That is emotional, like elastic coming and going, coming and going, just like a muscle needs to be expand, contract, expand. So all of us, all parts of us need to expand and contract. So that, that's why we all sleep at night, no? because we've been, designed by nature to work in the day. So everybody, all creatures need to rest at night because now it's contraction time. When the sun rises, it's expansion time. All the animals and creatures and plants do your day activities. Then when it's nighttime contract, go back to sleep, reju rejuvenate, 
again get up and do what you need to do so this is the movement of nature mm-hmm. if you don't do this if you're always like this that part will get diseased and if you're always like open 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 then that part will get so it, this is the healing rhythm just just staying in that rhythm takes us all the effort whether you do tai chi or qigong or swimming or walking it's trying to maintain the rhythm of life mm-hmm. and is that the whole concept behind uh, emotional distress lifestyle therapy yes i use ayurveda reiki um i also use counseling like um, spiritual a little bit diet lifestyle prescribed by ayurveda yoga therapy to bring back balance so of course it's very hard to restore the body it's a life journey but we can start with the immediate problem as you start solving one problem then you go to the next and, and then you start feeling better and you feel happier and healthier it's just uh, one thing leads to the other where did you come up with with, with that the emotional distress lifestyle therapy because it, it it sounds kind of interesting well actually the it's a reinvented phrase for ayurveda because people don't understand what is ayurveda mean i mean especially in the western world they haven't heard of it as you said it's difficult to pronounce and then you have to explain what is ayurveda but everybody understands emotional distress because everybody is emotionally distressed and everybody understands lifestyle because everybody has a lifestyle and therapy means just bringing it back into order it's another name for ayurveda okay so it's basically ayurveda for the western world yes <laughs> but it has a, another touch to it in the sense that i am choosing the root of emotional distress to meet my clients and to show them the way out is that because that's the number one cause stress is the number one medical emergency in today's world and everybody stress my children are stressed my husband is stressed my uh, extended family friends everybody has some sort of stress so stress is most common so stress can easily it's it's a very people want to get out of stress everybody wants to feel happier and healthier and calmer and they want to feel better with who they are and it's very doable it's not difficult if you really did what i said within 4 to 6 weeks you'll start feeling better with yourself as a person yeah i think there was a back in early 2000 they came out with this another study that uh human beings have never been more stressed in their lives like before they would go be chased by lions tigers whatever they come back like oh the stress but now it's like you're constantly in exactly. that fight and flight mode i just saw a youtube in which this uh, guy is uh, talking to some hunters in africa through a interpreter and he was asking them about their world and how they are and what they, he says um yeah the buffaloes are there and the lions are there and uh, when when they do this uh, these people they do this they disturb the buffaloes and they don't come and then we can't hunt them so that annoys them they don't like it when they disturb the habitat and they can't hunt and he says what makes you happy and he says 
when we have water and buffalo meat, we feel happy. And he says, what happens when you see a pretty girl? And he didn't understand what he meant. He didn't comprehend what he was trying to ask. For, and, and the whole YouTube, they were talking about meat and water and supplies of animals and how to make sure the animal doesn't run away when you're trying to attack it. That's the whole conversation of the video because that was their whole world. And then they're not scared because they come back and they're resting on the rock, feeling happy. <laughs> so that's how they were, that they would do their stuff, come back and just mingle with nature. Is there a way for something like that to happen in modern day world? Yes. COVID gave us a glimpse. So if we can restore our stressed way of operating in society and reduce some of the overworking elements and busyness in our society, then I think a lot of people were also very happy in COVID. They said for the first time, they talked a lot to the family and they caught up on a lot of things they had put aside, you know, uh, all the hobbies they had put aside for years and some of them cleaned their houses and they talk to people they've never talked before. So a lot of people felt happy also. Yeah. 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 They're dead. But I agree with you. I agree with you. I think COVID while as destructive as it was that it really gave us a new lens to look at our lives. And it forced us, like before, if you had would have said to corporations like Google that your staff should work from home, it they would have everybody would have laughed at this idea and not run trains and planes and uh, metro train buses every day. They would have said the the economy will stop, but it didn't stop. Everybody was, I mean, a lot of people did lose their jobs, but because thanks to the internet, a lot of stuff was still going on and people were still working and they could use the time that was used in commuting to be at home and enjoy more family time unless they're um, if you've not been able the biggest problem is they were not able to have this uh, work home separation because of internet people don't stop working at a designated time so they keep sending emails and so this is the thing if government strictly said that after work hours, nobody is going to disturb family time or personal time, then we can restore order in a harmonious way and go back to what nature wants us, that you're still functioning as a society. We are still within our homes. We are still contributing, even in an advanced technological manner, but we're still going back to nature because this is where we need a little bit help from the government is they would say that nobody can work during lunch hour. No, it should be a crime to send any email or text during the lunch hour. They should, like in school, you have these lunch times and the children have to go out. It, it, there should be a law that between 12 and one, nobody can disturb anybody. So then automatically, if you want to have meetings, you'll have it before 12 or after one. And the other thing they should say is that after five o'clock or 5.30, whatever, uh, there can be no communication unless you actually are dying or something like that. So 
that way people will not have to they will use their time to rest and rejuvenate cook talk to their family uh, go for yoga have a walk in nature sleep on time get up rejuvenated so they're not thinking about their work so this will help society to live in a more harmonious manner because if we we can do it at an individual level but if your job doesn't allow it how can you practice it yeah i know so, back home they uh, they have specific rules uh you work from 6am to about 11 o'clock in in the in the morning you have the afternoon off and you come back at two o'clock to exactly. from, from two till six, seven o'clock and yeah. then you're, you're done. So, and it's still working fine in the country. See, if everybody does it, it works. If one or two people do, do it, it doesn't work. And it, I remember this was the lifestyle even in the Middle East because it's such a hot country that they would not work between uh, one to 4 p.m. because it was so hot. And they would work, the office would start at say nine to one, and then you go back to the office between four to seven. And it was actually worked very well because you got that time to rest and even create the, make the dinner and you just come back, have your dinner and then go to sleep. It was very nice actually. And then they switched back to the westernized system, nine to six offices. That's what, so, they're, that's what they're trying to do back home. Go ahead, sorry. Yes. So these things do work very nicely if the whole society and I read an article about Denmark where they've said that you have to have four day a week and, um, and actually alcoholism and smoking has dropped among the youth ever since the family time has gone up. Nationally, it has dropped down. That's also another interesting point, because also back home in Greece, uh, alcoholism isn't that high. See, because they spend time with the family. Alcohol is a substitute for emotions or love or togetherness. I mean, you have a wine with your family, that's different. But alcoholism is like emptiness you're feeling. That's funny. The reason why I'm laughing is because my grandmother, my grandmother? Yeah, my grandmother, my mom's mom. uh, She used to work in the fields in, in the village she used to pound back an entire bottle of wine like there was nothing <laughs> and but she I'm was perfectly sh- fine exactly because she was working <laughs> in the field which is like mother nature you're just engaged with mother nature and nature is so healing right when you have direct contact with nature it has its own power on you yeah well we're coming up close to the end of the show and these are the six or seven questions that I ask all my guests. And I would like to get your point of view on these, uh, these questions, on these topics. With the increase in people suffering from depression, from the constant lockdowns, open-ups, lockdowns, reopens, what would the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? So... The disturbance is from the opening and closing, or is it from insecurity? From the insecurity of we don't know what's happening. For insecurity, the biggest uh, antidote is trust in the universe and God, because God never fails, spiritually speaking. I'm not interested in religions because they're very controlled. I am talking about your direct communication with God, which is healthier 
And when you experience the power of your prayers and they're answered, you develop a relationship with God, which you know is unfailing. And that faith sustains you. Very cool. Very powerful. Very powerful. Uh, where do you see Mira Ohm in the next five years? Well, I hope to be teaching a professional course in Ayurveda and yoga and all these things that I talk about systematically. Very good. How about you personally? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? I hope I am. It's very easy to talk about all this, but it's very hard to practice it. And I myself also and am able to I give in to my temptations. Sometimes I don't sleep on time and things like that. So I hope that after five years, I'm at a place where I don't need to fight myself. And I'm just like flowing. I'm trying to get back to the flow. I know the right answers, but doing is very different from knowing. You have to practice it every day and it is hard work. It's like practicing for a marathon. You have to go for practice every single day. Otherwise, you won't be able to sustain it, the race. Yep. So I hope I'm more successful in the personal race, that I am more grounded in my habits. I am deeper in my practices. And once that is there, then it again, it's just the rhythm within you. You're trying to strengthen this source within yourself through these practices. And then the, the source takes care of me. This is what I'm trying to say. So I wish to strengthen the source within me so that the source takes care of me. Very cool. Very cool. If you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? Um, don't do the MBA. Um, go for the Ayurveda course. <laughs> and practice sooner so that you can start sooner this is what i would have told myself and don't worry about being the right time the right circumstances there is no right time you do what your heart tells you to do because the heart knows what is the truth interesting you said that you're the second person today that said that very interesting looking back would you change anything no, because you don't learn by good experiences. You learn the best by worst experiences. But the thing is, you should learn. You should keep your eyes open. If you close your eyes, then you just wallow in that stagnation. So the only advantage to your whole life, whether positive is negative, is to learn from it and to imbibe changes which are best for you. Let us not keep fighting the same old fight whether it's with yourself or with your neighbors. That's pointless, useless. What scares you? Pain. <laughs> Lingering pain, not, not a short pain. I don't mind injections or I'm scared of um, a long, painful death. I would prefer short, quick one. Well, I'm terrified of needles, so I don't like them. 
Nobody likes them, but I prefer needles to COVID is what I'm trying to say. COVID, you'll stay in the hospital for 10 days. I, I would prefer a needle to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where can people find more about you? So they can go to my website, uh, www.miraom.com, M-I-R-A-O-M. I put everything there. I have a podcast. If they would like to just listen more about healing, I take up uh, topics here and there. Sometimes I write a blog trying to explain the stuff I know. So these are the two places they can learn and they can reach me through my website. Cool. I will post all your links uh, in the show notes below. So everybody has easy access to your content and to you and to you yourself. Any final thoughts? Well, one of the pillars of uh, the father of uh, Ayurveda Chakra who wrote uh, the scriptures of Ayurveda, he said, the mind and the body is the abode of diseases or health. It's the abode, it's the home. So either you will have disease or health. There's only two choices. And there is a cause for anything. Whether you have health or disease, there is a cause. So look at the cause and choose wisely. Uh, Mira, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate all the hard work as a healer um, that you do for people to bring their to bring them back into proper alignment. I myself was inter- I was I I've known about Ayurveda since 2009 and I've always been curious about it but never really dug deep in it. So this podcast was really really um, informational for me. So thank you so much for the very general basic questions that I had for you. So I, I really appreciate that. And uh, it's, it's, it's a very powerful, obviously it's been around for what, 6,000 years. Yes. 6,000 years at least. So, I mean, if it has, hasn't been working, then. It hasn't been working or has been working. That's why it hasn't died out. <laughs> I was going to say, if it wasn't working, it wouldn't have lasted 6,000 years. <laughs> It's coming back with a bang, just like yoga came back. Yoga was also born 6,000 years ago, so it survived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So sciences. Uh, I really do appreciate uh, people like you bringing back ancient forms of healing because we knew something back then that we lost today. Yes. And very it's very important for us to bring back our roots. So... I appreciate you for doing that and for helping all these people. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. I especially love it when you ask me questions which are so basic that I'm forced to go to the very root to explain it. It's you you forget how you forget when you advanced in Ayurveda what the basic questions are. So it's nice. It refreshes everybody and Um, I would say Ayurveda is a gift from nature. So if you want to go back to nature, this is the way. Very good. Very good. Going through hard times is just a test. 
What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before, and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or a good night wherever you may be in this crazy world.